All right, welcome to Figure Four Radio. I am your host, Eric Von Larsen, and with me, my partner in crime and the only licensed only. professional wrestling manager in the state of Michigan. Maybe anywhere. Maybe anywhere, Mr. Jack Kelly. That's right. Jack, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. All right. So, I'm excited to be here and doing this. What about you? Oh, man, I am so excited, especially for our first guest tonight. Okay. We've got the founder and owner of Pure Pro Wrestling. Uh-oh. Mr. Xavier Justice. Okay, so now Saginaw, XJ. I... We had some words in Saginaw in the ring. You gave you, me a nice little no DQ match. Thank you so much for that, by the way. It's you okay. always have words with people, Jack. Yeah, that's what I do. So, Xavier, do you remember the first time you and I met or had a conversation via email? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> man, now you're really testing me here. Um, probably over, it's got to be over a year ago, right? No, no, no. I'm specifically, so, okay, so this is what happened, Jack. I'll, I'll give oh, you the man, background. going to throw me some stuff I didn't even know about. I am. I am. Okay. Oh, I got some more stuff for you, too. So. Awesome. Um, so, when I first reached out, we talked on the phone the first time. Okay. And then we started emailing back and forth. So, me being me, I reached out to a buddy of mine at a different company. Okay. So, and I said, hey, man, we're probably going to be putting this fundraiser on, you know. So, Mongo reaches out. Is this jogging your memory yet? Not McMichael. No, no. Chad Coggins is a Michigan-made monster. Okay, yeah. Do you remember this? So, he talked to Sean Stockmeyer. Sean talked to you. You then sent me an email. Do you remember that email? Vaguely. <laughs> so, that's that's short term for no. Yeah, sorry, that's a soft no. A soft so no. let's just say this. I thought I was out. I didn't think I was going to be able to have a fundraiser with PPW. I didn't think anything was going to happen. Oh, wait a minute. I think it's After that to email. Because I remember now. So I think it was with, uh, with Ace Evans. There was like a miscommunication about, um, you know, the way it was presented to me was that uh, you were... Uh, we talked about doing a fundraiser. I remember this now. We talked about doing a fundraiser, and that you um, you were contacting dudes to like to, to book the wrestling. And then I was like, well, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. You know, like, we, we we do the business part of it, like the booking stuff. Like, let me handle all the wrestling. And I'm sure I, I'm sure I probably put it in a in a not so soft tone. I, I, it's possible. <laughs> I was pretty sure. Well, now now I have to start my our, your, our inaugural show with an on on air uh, uh, interview and apology. That's no 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 no. <laughs> so right, apologize. Yeah, they got me sweating in here. So let's say, so let's say this, Jack. I wrote this very apologetic letter. <laughs> Kissing his butt, doing all this stuff, right? And you want to know what his response was? Thanks. <laughs> That's it. That's all I heard from him. That was it. So I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to make of it. But now we're here today, so it's well, pretty cool. Ironically, like I do, I do a lot of short uh, one-word answers. So you know, <laughs> stick up for myself a little bit. I, to be to be blunt, like I can show you my um, my email address or my emails. I've got over three thousand right now that I'm still cycling through. I get Facebooks left and right, so it's 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 a blessing and a curse sometimes because um, trying to keep track of all the phone calls, trying to keep track of all the people, uh, all the promises, because that's a big thing. Like I, I want to be and all your people word. in India too. Oh right, right. And I've got yeah, you know, I, co- I coached overseas for six months so I'm getting you know calls in uh, 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 in the middle of the night uh, FaceTimes and um, uh, we do WhatsApp in India and I'm getting those constantly so it's I feel like my my, my life is just uh, it's a controlled chaos everything's on the list and if I don't write it down I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that great Kali's uh, wrestling school that you had yes yeah okay. I got to, I got to oh, coach, very cool. uh, I got to coach six months in India uh, for the great Kali the very first ever uh, dojo for pro wrestling in India and uh, he has the largest company in India. And, um, you know, I I was uh, uh, one of many coaches that came before me. Basically, several coaches came in for six months. And uh, so Jesus Rodriguez, which was Albert uh, Alberto Del Rio's um, manager uh, on WWE TV, was one of them. Um, And then a lot of, like, really uh, amazing indie coaches and trainers that have been doing it for a long time. Um, Ethan HD, uh, Matt, Matt Static, uh, and, and some guys that are from different regions of the country, from Canada even. And so it was a really good lineage of, of coaches. So when I got there, um, you know, I made a lot of changes, but I also, you know, used a lot of what they had put together. There was a lot of really just amazing talent there. And, and I hate to say it, a lot of the Michigan guys, 
you know, might disagree with me, but there's there's talent in India that um, only two or three years in the business, like they're they're miles ahead of uh, of talent in Michigan. I'm just gonna say it. It's the truth. So it's you're saying that I need to pay attention in India yes, for my next yeah, client. Yes. For your next client. <laughs> okay. So we can India. bring them here to India, and then we can just take all of the championships, and they all go to the Kelly well, Clan, I know right? It's off subject, and I don't want to get too far into it. But in 2020, I am working hard to do put a USA versus India tour together. So oh, that's awesome. Tour, some of my students to come overseas. Obviously, our big um, our big uh, uh, problem right now is, is resources and a visa approval. Um, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you why. I have no idea. What, I don't follow politics, but for some reason, it's very, very hard to get a visa um, right now uh, if you're um, not European. So uh, uh, that's that's ba- <laughs> that's basically where we're at. Is these kids keep getting their visas denied? So I'm hoping that we can find a way to. Uh, you know, get some help and, and get these kids over here because I think that uh, America, American wrestling would, would just benefit tremendously from having these young athletes out here. And, of course, pure pro wrestling would, would be, uh, I mean, man, they'd take over, I'm telling you. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. I think that's great. I'm already looking forward to that. So how did you and Jack meet? Um, I got back from India. He was already here. Um, he was uh, just, w- just weaseled your way in, didn't you? That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> well, what's amazing is, you know, I've been uh, the company's about a little over 15 years old. I've been training guys for about 12 years now, and all my training, I mean, the, the, the school was never like a big part of, you know, our, our main business. You know, we we're, we're a traveling road show, we're the only touring uh, pro wrestling company in the state of Michigan. And over 15 plus years, we've worked ourselves up to being the largest uh, wrestling company in the state of Michigan. And uh, there's not one other company or promoter in the state of Michigan that's doing what we're doing. Um, you know, a lot of guys are, are working very hard in their particular areas of Michigan doing well. But, you know, to, to do a tour uh, basically that never ends, we don't have days off, is, is, is amazing. And that's a testament to, you know, all of our collective teamwork uh, here in the organization. Um, but uh, with Jack, you know, I, I met him when I got back from India. Um, he was a student here at the uh, at the development center um, at Iceland Arena in Flint Township. And wait a minute, um, Jack Kelly, the mouth, yeah, was a right. student. That's, that's right. He was a student. You got to oh, be a student before you can actually learn how to manipulate things in the business. Oh, I didn't know that. This about is you, a Jack. good for anything in any business. This is awesome. Become a student first. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I met I met Jack and uh, you know right away I knew he was passionate about you know pro wrestling he wanted uh, I most students when they come in they think they have an idea of what they want to do with their career and they think they have an idea of who they want to be when they're out there um, you know but they change their mind or their ideas are you know need work to be blunt um, but Jack's uh, Jack has always had a clear vision of what he wants to do with his career where he sees himself um, you know down the road and he's got goals and that you know for us to have a student that has goals it's easy for me to meet them in the middle because you know it gives me um, uh, a, a list to help them accomplish together so he was very very dedicated from the get-go and you know, I didn't know he was such a prick until I started putting him uh, in a show <laughs> well that's but, you know, uh, you know he's, he's a little, I, a little cocky and everything but you know that's I gotta do what I do for my clients. That's what it all comes down to. But I will say this: you, you will find far and few people that's you know uh, more dedicated to pure pro wrestling, you know, than, than Jack Kelly. So yeah. that's uh, he's kind of a, a jerk, but he's uh, a dedicated <laughs> jerk. So I'll, I'll take a dedicated jerk than an undedicated jerk. There you go. <laughs> well, the one thing that I that I do notice about Jack Kelly is number one, he's got a mouth, which I love. Oh, um, well. But number two, yeah, the boys tell me it's soft. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that one out. <laughs> but number two, I will say, he gets here before everybody else. He's working hard to help set the ring up. Uh, he's working hard with the juniors. Yes. And then he's here after every single show. Yep. Um, so just to give Jack Kelly a little plug, you know, he may be uh, he may be the mouth of the north, I guess, or the whatever you want to call it. Ah, but I, I tell you what, the guy is the guy really has got a heart of gold, man. He comes in here and busts his butt every day. Oh, thank That's you. the first thing I've noticed about him. Yeah. So yeah. enough about Jack. We don't want to talk about Jack anymore. <laughs> Thanks. I, I don't want – well, I, I'm crying because the good stuff, and you also don't want to talk Those about me tears. anymore. Those are, that's sweat, clearly. <laughs> sweat because it is, it is really hot in here. It's really very humid in this room. Yes. <laughs> All right, so um, so tell me, like, when you first started getting into wrestling, when you first started watching it, stuff like that, who got you into it? Uh, so 
when I was really little, uh, wrestling was on Saturday mornings. Um, so as soon as cartoons ended, I'd flip over and catch, uh, you know, basically old WWF uh, highlight show, and they would show a couple squash matches. Um, I remember most those. Of the time it was just uh, clips of the big matches that my family could never afford to watch. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I, I'd never seen Hulk Hogan wrestle until I was like older. I had never seen, you know, I'd seen bits and pieces of them doing things, but um, mm-hmm. you know, there was just a Saturday morning recap. And uh, but it was well, enough. you got to see the fifty million Ultimate Warrior matches every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a big Hacksaw Jim Duggan guy. Oh, I, I, I was a big Undertaker guy. He was great. Yeah. And so I, I, I had a, a My Pet Monster. There's a, a throwback for you, dude. I had a, a My Pet awesome. Monster doll that was, you know, basically bigger than the the old Slam Buddies that they used to have out. And that was my my first sparring partner. I mean, I would <laughs> kick that thing's butt all the time. I would, I would, uh, I would. I don't even know where I got some of these clothes. Like my family is uh, like borderline hoarders, I think, because they never threw anything away. My my dad had suits from the '60s. My mom, you know, I mean, there was always weird stuff in closets that just smelled like mothballs, and and, and <laughs> so I'd like find stuff and throw them on, and I'd pretend, you know, to be wrestlers. I, you know, do that kind of thing and beat up my pet monster. Uh, so then, uh, for some reason, that show got canceled. Um, or maybe Your I, show maybe or the WWF show? Maybe maybe it just grew out of it. I don't know. But I stopped watching. I lost touch with wrestling for years. And then what got me hooked, what made me ignore all life's responsibilities, turn down a, prof- a baseball scholarship, um, you know, what made me literally devote uh, my entire life to this was... Um, it all started when I, uh, I got my first cable box. We were one of the last areas to get cable. I turn on the TV and uh, Monday Night Raw is on. And I see Vince McMahon sitting in a chair with a gun to his head. Stone Cold Steve Austin's holding the gun. <laughs> and then there was the infamous bang spot. Absolutely. It shoots out and, you know, the old cartoon bang. And I was like, what, what is this? You know? And then um, I, I, I started watching. It was enough to keep me tuned in. And then what, what did it was The Rock. Like, as soon as I saw The oh, Rock. of course. I, that was it. That was it for me, man. I hung on every word he said. I hung on every match that he was in. Um, you know, like when he, when he went out to fight for the title and defend the title. So just like anybody, any other jabroni out there. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, coffee. That's really needed. Uh, <laughs> shout out to James, our, our senior referee. By senior, I mean oldest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the definition of senior. But, I mean, The Rock, dude, it was just... You know, looking back as a wrestler, you know, was he probably the most technically sound guy in the world? Um, no, but that guy, there's something about him when you're a teenage boy, like you, he was everything you, you know, wanted to be. The guy was like a superhero, and I remember just hanging on every pay-per-view. I would, I, me and my, my buddy Chad, we'd, we'd uh, find our way to Hooters up on Miller Road in Flint every pay-per-view and sit there and order our water and piss the waitresses off and, and watch the whole <laughs> pay-per-view. We were just, you know, we were kids. And uh, we couldn't afford those, you know, $50 pay-per-views back then. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really, that's, you know, what got me hooked. And I watched it and watched it. And believe it or not, um, when I was like 15, I started doing the backyard wrestling, which I don't recommend, of course, but... You can talk to any wrestler from Oh, our come on. That's the best way to learn. Jump off your right. house into the mattress, yeah. break your arm, you know. That's like, the best way to learn. Like, like the Juggalo kid, right? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, uh, we, we in wrestling, we scoff at backyarders and stuff like that. And don't do it, don't do it. And I, I agree, you shouldn't do it because, you know, you can get killed or hurt. Um, but I will say that just about every single wrestler in this generation, that's basically where they started. You know, we're messing around making videos with their friends in their backyards, and that's where that, you know, passion and love for wrestling started. And I think, um, you know, it's great that we have a junior grappler program for kids like Absolutely. that. You know, that's one of, the, Absolutely. You know, one of the passion things that I started because of, you know, kids out there risking their necks quite literally. And you always find once a year at least somebody in the news where a kid got powerbombed or something stupid. So... Um, but uh, I digress. Uh, getting started, the whole journey, um, you know, started as a fan as a kid. But uh, once I became, you know, that WWE fan or WWF at the time, um, uh, my friends and I were started getting together um, on the weekends and making these, you know, videos where we'd, we'd uh, make do all these different inappropriate characters that were plays off of uh, the dead guys on TV. And I can't even repeat half the names. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, just there were some plays off Billy Gunn and Kane, and they were all what typical 15 and 16 year olds would talk about at the time, especially the ones I couldn't get a date. And, and, uh, uh, so, uh, are you talking about yourself there? Do you know what, honestly, though, what the, the, what, what the two things that hooked me, you know, besides watching as a kid, but really the two things that hooked me was. Um, 
my, my friends and I, I mean, our group grew to like 20 kids. We had high school kids, we had eighth graders, ninth graders, 10th graders, all the way up to, to seniors were showing up on the weekends and doing these uh, shows. And we were taping them and stuff, so we find a, a ring on highspots.com that we can rent. That's back when that site first started. And we rented a ring from Chicago, everyone threw 20 bucks in, we, um, and we decided to throw a show. And I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but because um, it's it's really uh, an amazing journey. But so we, we threw a show for the school uh, in my buddy's pole barn, and I went. I promoted it all over the school. I put posters up. I made a Microsoft Word and printed it out illegally in the library and all that. <laughs> and uh, then I got suspended from school for for uh, promoting a Fight Club. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Yeah. So, um, did you go over there and say no? This is sports entertainment. Uh, that concept was even. <laughs> um, so, so long story short, we did the show, and the ring shows up, and everybody, you know, seemingly from my school was there. Like that pole barn was, you know, hanging from the rafters. The cops showed up to the event, um, asked the, the parent that was hosting if he was insane, said that we couldn't charge for tickets. So me, 16 years old, was clever enough to say, "Oh, it's a donation." <laughs> so they let Fantastic. us. They let us nice. do the show begrudgingly. The cop ended up staying and watching uh, and, and enjoying it. Of course but, he did. Uh, it's pro wrestling. Ring, getting in that ring for the first time and people getting into it. I had no idea what I was doing. We were completely unsafe. And there was like a flaming table involved. Like all the things that they tell you not to do, don't do. Um, we did. And but that moment, I was like, oh my god, I'm hooked. And then the final piece of that puzzle was I got to go see WrestleMania 18. I saw Rock versus Hogan, and when I oh, when yeah. I when I realized that you could make people react that way, that was it, man. Like there was no turning back. That was the hook. That was it. <laughs> so besides the Rock, I know you said you know you talked about the Rock a bunch, and you talked about Stone Cold there. Who else was like an influence for you in the business? Uh, well, uh, there's one more piece of the puzzle that I forgot to talk about. Oh. Story. So uh, that show in the barn was only the beginning. I've been promoting wrestling since I was 16 years old. Wow. I was on the cover of the Flint Journal, uh, 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 um, um, an article about backyard wrestling really? um, called Playing With Matches. Um, I, I, I rented Clever. out, I rented out uh, a, a community center in Grand Blanc, and I did Basketball America. Um, I can't believe they let me do it with no insurance, and I was 16. But I rented out Basketball America in Lake Orion, and I, and I promoted to the high school newspaper, and I was making money promoting uh, backyard slash pro wrestling. Um, you know, from, from the time I was 16, you know, and there's other promoters that tried to go in that venue. They couldn't even draw what I was drawing. But, um, so that was kind of like my first dabble Crazy. That sounds and like the CM Punk yeah, story. That was like my first dabble really? with it, right? And then while I was doing that show in Lake Orion, I met, um, uh, I, I met a gentleman who uh, told me like, you're going to get killed if you don't get trained. And he introduced me to another person and I ended up getting my training out in Port Huron, uh, for a, a regional company called, uh, uh Blue Water Championship Wrestling. And, um, you know, so I got a good, I got a good start. Um, you know, our training was, uh, the, the gentleman uh, that trained me uh, was uh, a student of Al Snow at one point. And so, you know, we, we had a good curriculum and I got introduced to a lot of good people right away. And that, you know, I got to work with a lot of good people my first couple of years. I was in the name, I was in, you know, the ring with people by all rights I shouldn't have been in with. You know, I got to wrestle like Scott Steiner, Chris Saban, uh, Bruce Beefcake, uh, uh, Honky Tonk Man, like all these guys that like a, a green, you know, two-year, one-year guy yeah. should not get in the ring with. But holy crap, what an experience! And uh, and I never looked back. You know, so oh, that's awesome. Now uh, influences uh, in terms of wrestlers, like you mean like people I studied? Is that what you mean? Or like yeah, people, people you studied? Anybody like a mentor or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, um, uh, mentors. Okay, so I can tell you, I probably wouldn't have got half my bookings in my first year without Big Chuck Wagon. PPW Hall of Famer, Big Chuck Wagon is the sweetest guy, um, like, period. And, you know, if you broke in in the late 90s or early 2000s um, into wrestling in Michigan and you didn't work with Chuck, then you weren't legit. <laughs> like, wow. it just, that was almost like a rite wow. of passage. Yeah, you, I worked so many matches. I worked with him. I, I can't even tell we you. just booked him two weeks ago, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, he was just Saginaw. 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 Yeah. yeah, so he's, you know, well over 20 years in the business. He, he put on a good show, Hall too. Famer. Him and Grizzly House sure Jones had had an awesome match, uh, and uh, but he did a lot for me. You know, put his you know I, I'd show up to a show, you know, and just try to meet the promoter and get an opportunity, and he'd be like, "Hey, book that guy with me. He's good." And it was that Chuck wow. said it, it happened, and then I had other guys that would do that for me. Um, you know, that's kind of how I started getting around. Uh, I had a lot of falling out with with you know people I broke in early with. The business is crazy like that. But there's a guy named uh, Rick Davies who wrestles as Dave Dupont. 
Um, and, you know, early in my career, that guy stuck his neck out for me a lot, gave me a lot of advice, um, you know, helped me get out of some places, and that really, you know, helped a lot too. Um, you know, him and I had a falling out, unfortunately, but, you know, life's got a way of, you know, patching things up with, 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 with folks, which, you know, some have and some haven't, but, um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the Michigan veterans early on, man, they were just, you know, I was a sponge and, and they enjoyed people that wanted to learn and listen and hear their BS. <laughs> so they took me under their wing and helped. And that's, you know, that's really what you need, an open mind and uh, uh, just be a sponge. No, I think that's... What a heck of a way to get in the business, you know, yeah. with all these guys. So, well, I think And that's, that's actually one of the things I believe that XJ actually pours into Pure Pro Wrestling is um, the philosophy of, you know, um, there are a lot of people that are in backstage that are willing to actually help. Sure. You sure. have great advice. Hey, let me pull you aside. Let me talk to you there. And I think that has to come from XJ. With, without that type of guidance or leadership, you're not going to have a, um, a backstage area like that where you have people that genuinely want other people to do better yeah well and you have to put your time in so what i've seen is you've got a lot of guys out here yes. including jack kelly who put their time in they yes. bust their butt before yes. and after the show yes. and without you being around and you trust the fact that they're getting stuff done which i think says a lot and so this guy and jack kelly the guy to my right he's one that i think a lot of people lean on in these situations, absolutely. When you're in the back doing doing what you're doing, he has an abundance of common sense, <laughs> and that's a that's a rare thing these days. That is a very which rare is thing. why I've only signed two people because I do have that abundance of common sense because nobody else is good enough to get in the Kelly clan. And, and I will say that Eric, it, it's it's a great observation, you know, coming in, you know from the outside in and just seeing how things work around here. Um, years ago, this company this company became larger than me. Um, it's not about me. It's not just about sure. me. Um, and you know, I've it's been a rough you know road to to build the company up, and I'm still building it. I mean, I'm not content where I'm at financially. You know, I've got my struggles just like everybody else, and uh, we're a very blue collar family. My wife works, I work, so you know, I'm not driving Maseratis and, and living like Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> I, I have honestly like opted out of the corporate world where I, where I, I was making a, a really good living, you know, to, to pursue this passion. And one of the things that drove me to do that was um, not for just, you know, individual reasons. It's realizing that this company is bigger than, than me. It's, it's impacted and affected so many people over the years from guys from the beginning days that did matches and ran around like Josh or Jack, second Josh bomb or that Jack Kelly runs around you know guys that that do what he's doing and these people are all out you know getting our show ready um, you know it's it's the impact it's made on on you know the junior grapplers the wrestlers giving them purpose and a place to you know to pursue their dreams and passions uh, from the fans you know I could tell you so many stories of fans you know that our events, you know, have, have impacted and our wrestlers have impacted. And then we do a lot of community events. We do charity work. We do volunteering. Um, we raise thousands of dollars, you know, for, for um, you know, charities every year. We do a lot of veterans work. And it's like, you know, at some point you look back and you say, you know, what's more important, a legacy or, you know, material crap? And, you know, I can't take a Maserati with me, you know, when I'm six feet under, <laughs> but I can, I can leave a legacy to my kids. And that's really, you know, what it's all about is just trying to do some good. And, you know, if, if uh, God sees fit for me to make a little money while I'm doing it, then that's great. But ultimately, you know, my kids are well provided for um, and uh, they're happy. And, uh, you know, I, and, and that's, that's really where, where I'm at with, with life and, you know, with this company. Well, providing some life lessons. You know, so taking that, having your kids, knowing that your kids are watching you yes. and the work you do and the amount that you bust your ass yes. every week and every it's show. Grind. I just did two days up in Manchester, Absolutely. four hours away. I mean, and that's a, and that's a big know. thing, you know, especially to pass that hard work on to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's and a great a thing. business. You know, my kids are involved. Uh, you know, they're working the ticket table tonight, you know. So Okay. okay. <laughs> they did some stuff with junior grapplers, too, yeah, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, well, my son Lucas is a junior grappler, too, and he's uh, the original junior grappler, actually. He was uh, <laughs> he was the one that, that, that helped me figure out you could train kids to do this. That's very One cool. of the things that I do appreciate about what you do with the junior grapplers is you can see a lot of these kids, um, how they come into the program. They have no self-confidence, no social skills, no nothing, and then going into 
um, this, uh, this program, you get to see a confidence and a life, like a spark yep, that just absolutely. ignites in these kids. And it's, um, well, Jack Kelly, when he is not managing, he's, he's a teacher as well. Right. And as a teacher, <laughs> I see this stuff in these kids and it's, and it's a great thing to yeah, see. Absolutely. And these kids want to be here. Exactly. Well, they're accepted. I mean, so I talked to Dean Paxton, he's a big part of, uh, Peer Pro Wrestling, so, and one of the statements he made to me was, these kids are now accepted somewhere. Maybe they weren't somewhere else. Right. They come in here, they come in the door, now they're accepted, they've mm -hmm. got their friends, they've got yeah. their group, and I think that's a brilliant thing. Well, so, you know, let's face it, pro wrestling's a bit of a subculture, and uh, less now than it was when we were all kids and, and hiding, you know, in the closet about being wrestling fans and afraid to wear a WCW shirt <laughs> to school because we might get made fun of. Um, but, you know, it, it's still a subculture, so, I mean... A lot of these kids, you know, um, they don't have a place to go enjoy wrestling. You know, they have one or two friends that are into it. But, you know, we have kids that are now friends uh, with each other who are from all over the state, who come from all these different backgrounds. You know, we have blue-collar families. We have white-collar families. You know, one of, our, one of our parents is a police chief. Um, you know, so having all these amazing families come together has been kind of a byproduct of the kids getting together, which is really amazing to see. And we don't... We don't discriminate. We have a very open door policy. We don't believe in handicapped. We believe in handicapable. And we've had a lot of special needs kids come into the program. And it's it's you know like like Jack said, it's it's changed their life. It's given them confidence. And um, uh, you know some kids that that don't like sports, uh, never played a sport in their life, they're coming in and doing something athletic, but also artistic, and channeling their creativity. They're learning teamwork. Uh, and um, it's just it's been it's been life changing for me, you know, since I've been working with these kids. I love these kids, you know. I treat them like my own. So, so if you wanted to pass on something to the people in the back, like what's been your biggest or your hardest lesson that you've ever had to learn in the business? Because obviously you're a wealth of um, knowledge, and you know, besides Jack Kelly, because you know, I just I can manipulate whoever I want. But what is the biggest or hardest lesson you've learned? Uh, well, Jack, you're proof, you know. Um, of this next statement and yes you can say this by the way okay uh, I, okay I'm, uh, okay pe people are capable of anything and I can mean that in a positive way I can also mean that in a negative way um, you know I, I touched on earlier you know uh, good relationships gone sour wrestling is full of a lot of very eccentric people and um, who are passionate about what they do and um, I think Ultimately, if they have a chance, um, you know, to, I mean, I say, again, this is not everybody, I'm not generalizing, but, you know, I've had my fair share of experiences realizing, like, wow, I can't believe so-and-so is doing this, I can't believe this happened, I can't believe someone said that or somebody did this, you know, uh, when you go out of your way to, um, you know, help people break into the business, when you go out of your way to help them pursue a passion and a dream, and, um, you know, there's a lot of backstabbing, a lot of people that will, uh, uh, you know, cut your throat if it means an opportunity. And, you know, people are, are capable of some uh, insane things. And, uh, but on the flip side, I've also learned that, you know, look at our family. I, you know, I call it a family. Look at our PPW family. Sure. Um, look at all the people that's come together, that's been moved together by this passion project. And, um, you know, I'm watching amazing things happen in front of my eyes that, you know, for many instances, I don't have a direct part in. It's just happening because, you know, they're a part of this. And um, so that's the biggest lesson I've learned in, in my, you know, uh, 19 years of being in the industry um, is that uh, people are quite literally capable of anything. Kids so. can be pro wrestlers. <clears throat> adults can be great people. They can also not be. <laughs> you just said Jack Kelly is a great example of this. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, you're an intelligent person. You read between the lines. Oh no, I don't <laughs> want to read between the lines. I want to hear. I want. I want you to be so comfortable that you can say that yeah, to me. Well, you, you've got some common sense. You, you know. <laughs> so let's um, let's kind of switch gears a little bit, and sure. this is uh, probably get a little more serious on you here. Um, so tell us what you're most proud of with, like within the organization. Um, you know, I know you sent me some stuff beforehand, but um, I just kind of want to reiterate that because yeah, what was my answer? with <laughs> what you with what you wrote, I could feel the passion just with what you wrote. <clears throat> so I think maybe I should just read this. I, no, I, you should not read. Just read that. You should just. <laughs> How come I didn't get any well, questions? I, I will <laughs> say that I, I'm a more talented writer than I am a speaker. So well, but I think but I think when you're talking about because you talked about your family, yeah, right. So I think when you're talking about your family. Like I said, I can feel the passion coming out 
in there, and I want to project that to everybody that's sure. listening. So I want you to, to talk to me about that. Well, you know, I just said people are capable of anything, and I feel like that, you know, my life proves that. Is a, it's a great example of that. I mean, I feel like if you have a dream and you don't give up on it and you're willing to, to do what's necessary to achieve that dream, then you can have it. You can give that to yourself. Uh, it's one thing to wish, it's one thing to fantasize, but giving it to yourself is a whole other thing. And, you know, I've had this dream since I was a kid. I've turned down a baseball scholarship. Um, I turned down, you know, a free education and an easy ride um, because this was a dream that just, it wouldn't die. It was something I've been passionate about that I knew I wanted for myself. And, um, you know, obviously when I first started, I wanted to make it into the WWE. I wanted to go to Japan. I wanted, I had all these goals as a wrestler. But, you know, I don't think that's what, um, you know, God had in store for me. I think that, you know, I got just enough experience and exposure and did enough in the ring with my career to be able to be a great coach, to be able to be a great promoter. And um, for 15 years plus years, you know, I have been, um, you know, building this day by day, year by year, event by event. And uh, what started is, is kind of, uh, you know, just uh, something to do on the side while I was working in the professional corporate world. Um, turned into me losing that job during the recession and having to make a decision. Do I go back into something that makes me miserable or do I bet my money on myself and go after it? And um, you know, when I really tried to start doing this for a career in terms of being a promoter, I literally was investing unemployment checks in these events. And I've had more hard nights than you can believe. I've had times where my wife and I wondered where we were gonna you know, get ends meet. You know, I've sent my kids, uh, you know, to stay with their grandparents because the electric went out and, you know, um, and all the while, you know, I, I, I would uh, offer to go get, you know, that corporate job to get back into it because, you know, you got to support your family. And, um, you know, my wife has been working her butt off uh, all through these years and she never once let me quit. She never would let me go back into That's the profession awesome. that, you know, I mean, she would work 50 hours, she's still working 50 hours, but she knows that I'm working that and more. And together, you know, we have made it work. We've made our, our kids have an amazing life. They're cultured, they're all straight A students, they're, uh, they're honors, they're in gifted classes. Like we have an amazing group of kids. And, um, you know, if she hadn't let me, you know, give up and return to that corporate world, I, I wouldn't be sitting here, we wouldn't be talking. Sure. And, uh, you know, just over the years, um, you know, she's kind of been my rock about this. And I never, you know, I mean, I've lost thousands of dollars in a night like like that. You know, I put five grand into a show and it's, you know, end of the night I'm looking, well, how am I going to pay these guys? You know, I've taken money out of my own, you know, rent <laughs> money, my own mortgage money to yeah. pay guys, you know, just because that's the right thing to do. And, uh, I mean, I could tell you some crazy, crazy stories and, and horrible nights and, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and trying to figure out, you know, what we we're going to do to keep it alive. And, um, you know, man, I sit here 15 plus years later and I'm, you know, making a living at, at, at a, being a professional wrestling promoter. Granted, it's not a great living, but it's a living. And, you know, my, my, I'm not materialistic and, and I don't need, you know, a $100,000 salary to, um, to be content. You know, I look at, I look at my family. They're happy. My wife's happy, and you know all these people that are around here today and continue to come around. They're happy, and that you know that makes me content. Um, I have a question for you because yeah. several times you you've brought up about how um, you're thankful or you rely on God and all this. How important is that to you? Um, I was going nowhere until uh, until I realized that you know I am relying all on myself and I'm not asking for help from you know our Creator and. Uh, I was, uh, I thought, you know, I, I'm very spiritual. I don't, I don't, you know, talk a lot about religion in my business because, unfortunately, some people are turned off, you know, by um, by the idea of a, uh, of a creator or, or talking about God. Um, so we typically don't mesh that, you know, with, with with business. But I will say that it was about three summers ago was when I was saved, and my business started instantly turning around. And it wasn't even a year later that I got an, a, a call that should have never happened because there's thousands of great coaches out there. Um, I, I, I got, you know, accepted to go to India. I got hired by the great Kali, a WWE heavyweight champion, and he's literally a national treasure of India. Um, you know, the fact that my name was even in the pool was, you know, uh, uh, an amazing blessing. 
So within three years' time, my business is starting to turn a profit. I go to India for six months. My family survives that. I survive that. Junior grapplers come. Um, I wasn't even in the country when we made the deal for this uh, development center. You know, so uh, I, I fully believe that, you know, um, you know, giving my life over to God and, and, and just trying to serve, you know, what his, he wants for me has really been the difference, been the make or break point for uh, determining if this is going to work or not. And, you know, he's showing us that it can. <laughs> so that's a good question. While you're in India, just remember, that's when Jack Kelly came into your life maybe, as well. So you, there you know, there is another yeah. blessing uh, from uh, God uh, right here. Maybe you're our good luck charm. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Here it goes. It. It, we've had people showing up since 4 o'clock trying to get tickets. We normally don't open until 5.30. It's, we got some fans. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, these two guys right here. It's amazing. Yeah, um, so... Um, we okay, see so all coming right now. So yeah, oh, absolutely. No, this is kind of cool. So everybody can see us. We can kind of see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so just a few more questions here. Sure. And then I got one more surprise for yeah, you at the end. There's a lot more I could talk about, but I mean, we're doing you know doing something before a show, so it's hard. So I mean, I'd be welcome to you know. To come oh, we'll back, get together to and do that, outside know? of this, and yeah. we'll try and get some time. So yeah. Um, so what advice would you give to either new or future promoters coming into the business? Like, don't do it, or... I remember, I remember what, I, what, I, what I responded when you said these questions. Um, I can tell you this. Uh, if you're in Michigan right now and you're thinking about starting a wrestling company or you already have one and you're struggling, you'll call me. Um, I've offered my hand uh, to work together with, uh, with people many times in the past, and I believe that, um, you know, that uh, there's a lot that could be done by, um, you know, pooling uh, resources together uh, for a common cause. So before you jump and throw a bunch of money in um, and time and, and energy and effort without understanding anything about what you're getting into, you know, um, <laughs> call me because we'll do some business together. But, but honestly, you know, for promoters getting in, I, I would say this. Um, you got to have a plan and you got to have resources. If you don't have money, if you don't have a business plan, if you don't have insurance, if you don't have... Insurance? Um, what? Yeah, probably only one of the state kids. It's not like people get hurt. At, at the end of the day, you've got to have you got to have a plan, <laughs> and and it's like people just want to jump in. I hate to say it, but in my experience with most wrestling promoters, it's people who are content, um, you know, being the boss and booking a show, and they throw a bunch of money and time and resources into it without you know putting all their time and effort into the booking part and not the promoting part. Um, to be blunt with you, like the card is one of the last things I put together because, you know, they don't know who we are when I go to Manistee. You know, maybe after a few years they, they know. Uh, but my first stop in Plymouth, they didn't know who we were. Our first stop in, um, you know, uh, in Holland, they didn't know who we were. So, so it, it's really about spreading the word that pro wrestling's coming to town. And I think wrestling fans are so passionate that they seek wrestling. And if they see mm -hmm. that, especially now, Absolutely. indie wrestling yes. is so freaking hot. And um, it, Saginaw it, it, and the Hollands, you know, look man. At Saginaw, These places man. have been you know, all like the promoters. They sit around at their round table with all their buddies, and and you know they they literally kind of act like children, you know, like fantasizing about what they want to put out there. Uh, and then they put on this great show, and they pay all this money for it, and and everything comes to fruition for them except for the fans. And then they go under and they lose money. And then you have other promoters, you know. And I'm not I'm not crapping on anybody or calling any, calling anybody out, but you have a lot of promoters who are just, they're content with their one venue, withdrawing their same, you know, 50 to 200 fans a, a month. And, and um, doesn't it go back to being a student like we were talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you just got to come prepared. Like, I don't, it's not impossible. I, I'm not any different than anybody else. I mean, I'm not a, a mega mind. I'm not a super brain. I'm not, you know, I'm, I, my, I, I barely made a C average in high school. Um, you know, I fought my way through college. So, uh, if, you know, I'm not, I'm not anything special that somebody else can't pick up and do what I do. I mean, I'm not going to give you my, my formula unless we're making money together, but <laughs> I, I do know that um, it's possible because, I mean, I mean, I'm no different than anybody else that's capable and, and has the time and energy to put into it. So come plan, come with a plan, come with money. Don't blow all your money right out the get-go on talent. Build your, build, a local, build your organization up on local talent. And, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I hate, I'm not shitting on anybody, but... I've had you know headliners come in who didn't make me a dime, cost me. I, mean, I draw more with, with, with PPW guys than I do with you know national quote unquote headliners who want to charge you know a lot of money to come in. And, sure. and um, you know I mean people are here tonight to see Aaron O'Ryan and Gideon Malice and Iron Man match. They're not you know if I would have put somebody else on the card, they'd still be here for Aaron O'Ryan and Gideon Malice. Right. So um, you know just build local, come with a plan, come with some money, and 
be ready to work your ass off. <laughs> so I like that philosophy. I really do. Yeah. Um, so in 2017, you were inducted into the PPW Hall of Fame. Tell me about that experience. What was that like for oh, you? Oh man, that's uh, I'm you know a lot of promoters will book themselves to be the champion and you know and put themselves over, make themselves the center of attention. And I'm, I mean, when the company first started, don't get me wrong, you know, I had my title run and I did my fair share of main events, but you know, um, I knew I was going to show up. <laughs> the old Larry Zabisco fly. <laughs> um, but but um, you know. Uh, you know, nowadays, you know, when I do get out there and I work, I, I like to work with young guys. I like to put people over. I like to, um, you know, I, I like to, to help people learn. And uh, that's my job. I'm the coach. So uh, I, I definitely was never going to inject my own self into the Hall of Fame because, like, that's, to me, the ultimate vanity, um, you know. So uh, the guys took it on their own. Um, I didn't know anything about it. And they went and they got a, a custom championship belt made and uh, – they uh, brought me out. I thought somebody was hurt or something. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, they said, you got to run out there quick. You got to go out there quick. And I went out, and sure enough, you know, the whole roster was in the ring. And uh, oh, How cool is that? I was, and you had no I, idea. You were I, completely I was surprised. Weeping. I, was, I was weeping. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I am, I am the, it's the artist in me, I guess. I'm, I'm a huge, huge softie. Like, I, I'm watching, you know, like, baseball videos on Facebook today of, you know, a moment, like, of dad. My, my, my dad and I who passed, like, watched the All-Star game 20 years ago, and I'm, like, weeping. Like, before yeah. I even, you know, like, I, I'm a big side. You know, Should I cut this out so nobody care. knows you're such I mean, a hard ass? I mean, I, you know, <laughs> at, at, at this point, I, I've been doing it so long. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, if you like me, great. If you don't, then, yeah, that's okay, too. <laughs> All right, I got a question for you. Sure. All right, so um, one of the most controversial people that when you go to ECW is this guy named New Jack. Um, I understand that you had some experiences with him uh, uh, twice. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't like work with New Jack. You kind of survives New Jack. Um, and everybody's experience from from you know just from learning over time is different with with New Jack. Um, so uh, I was working at the time with uh, XICW. I was I was a young wrestler. I wasn't really promoting yet, and I had been doing you know my Xavier gimmick for a long time. And they wanted me to try on a different hat, quite literally, and they booked me to be a cowboy. <laughs> if you're um, shout out to Malcolm XICW, that's a, a great great bunch of guys down there. Um, but uh, you know, back in back in the day, you know, when I broke in, you know, they were uh, like not family friendly. It's uh, mild the way to put it. They were uh, <laughs> in, in a bar, you know, eighteen and up show. Did a lot of hardcore stuff, death matches, crap like that. And, um, I don't say, you know, there's a good way to do deathmatch, but I'm not a big fan of it. I, and, and this is a guy that's been in it, you know. <laughs> so, but, um, uh, Rule number you one, know, don't uh, die. Malcolm calls me and, and, and he's like, hey, man, would you, you know, would you work with New Jack? And, um, and I thought he was, like, joking, you know. I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess if you tell me to, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be a, a, a punk about it. Like, yeah, I'm not going to be a wuss. Like, I'll, I'll work with him. He'll, he'll take care of me, right? He's like, well, you know, yeah, it'll be all right. And <laughs> <laughs> the best assurance that I could get. And uh, so I show up to the venue, and, um, you know, the guys are razzing me. Like, oh, Jack's going to kill you, you know, like, just, you know, getting me nervous. I, I was I was nervous, I'm not going to lie. Uh, especially when I first walked in because he was already sitting at the bar and he had been there for I don't know how long um, uh -oh. But he was already just hammered Okay, <laughs> um, Sitting at the bar um, That's a great feeling. Yeah, so uh, So I was already you know nervous and then um, You know we when we finally got back to the locker room, you know uh, I mean, I'm not gonna throw the guy under the bus, but let's just say he was um, not uh, sober, <laughs> and uh, um, you know, so I uh, and right before, um, right before I was supposed to wrestle, like a fan came into the locker room and like just pissed him off and sent him oh, off the sheet and he threw a chair and shattered like it literally. I mean, there's a lot to the story, but like it shattered. You know, he almost he almost hit a fan. Like he's crazy. Um, Fans don't go to the locker right, room unless right, don't, you don't are invited, that, especially New Jack's locker room. So. Um, 
you know, uh, I, he's pulling all these weapons out of his gimmick bag, and you know, mine. He's like, he's angry. He's you know, angrily putting his boots on. He's cussing under his breath, and you know, he's like, I keep you know, being young and stupid. You know, hey, uh, we gonna talk about it. What are we gonna do, man? What are we gonna do? He's like, oh, don't worry about it, man. You know, we're, we're going home. Well, you know, you'll know when it's time to go home. My my music will end. And if you don't know anything about New Jack, New Jack's matches last the same length every time he goes out because when the, he plays his entrance theme. When the entrance theme is over, then it's time to uh, then it's time to take it home. <laughs> and uh, so um, he's pulling a staple gun out and being dumb and young. I, I asked if it was a uh, if it was a work, which is you know, is it? Am I really going to get stapled here? He's like, oh, don't worry about it, bro. It's a work, you know. Um, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting nervous. I'm getting real nervous. Uh, I even. Um, uh, I even put a, a knife in my boot just in case he did, you know, decide to go a little crazy. And um, so we get out and the match starts and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm crapping my pants, I'm not going to lie. And uh, we, we go in for the, you know, to start and right off the bat, he, you know, he throws a, a punch and man, he rocked me. Like I was seeing stars, you know, he hit me with a big old punch, um, you know, was, was laying him in there pretty good. Uh, he put he put me in the corner and he you know pulled the fork out and did his thing there and you know I I, I had some good blood going and uh, he decided to make it a lot of blood by basically like shredding my like he took uh, the wounds that around my head and kind of dug his fingers in and started uh, lifting it up like I, I uh, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was so bad that like I, mean, yeah. I, I, I could have been scalped put it that way. And uh, it was it was a it was a bloodbath, and I'm um, like looking at the little stars I'm looking on your at head you, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's yeah, you know, one all of my hairline and stuff, uh, and so um, you know he's laying it in, he's laying it in, and to the point where I'm like, this dude is like just trying to hurt me, so I, I I lose my composure, I lose control, and like I'm I'm ready to defend myself, and then you know real quietly he's like take over, which is like an industry term for like your turn, you know, get some, and I. I to this day, I, I, I hit him as hard as I could. I hit that dude as hard as I could, knowing, knowing full well that more than likely he was going to come at me. I hit this dude as hard as I could, and that dude didn't move an inch. Wow. <laughs> he didn't move an inch. <laughs> so, you know, now I'm really crapping my pants, but I look, I look up, and guess what he's doing? He's selling the punch. So he's kind of like telling me to, to do more. And so he's, uh, so, you know, I start working, on, working him over a little bit, and he's selling for me, and next thing you know, I... Uh, um, he's telling me to go home and, uh, you know, we do the finish, which, uh, we, which the crazy part was like after, after I did that, everything after that he did to me was completely like light and safe. <laughs> so, which means nothing probably. Right, so we do the, we do, we do the finish, which is he's coming off the top rope with a chair, dropping an elbow drop. And you know, like I didn't die. I'm not saying it was well, that's soft, good. it hurt, you know, their chairs, they hurt, but I didn't die. Um, I felt bad for the ref though. Uh, this guy named Douglas Hill. He's a, uh, in the wrestling world. We call him Creep. He used to. Uh, he's a trainer, a wrestler down in the Detroit area. He messed. He botched the cover. Um, he, he hesitated on the two, and without hesitation, Jack picked up that chair and he proceeded to hit him in the face so hard that it shattered his face. Oh, oh man! So I mind Jeez. you, mind you, like I, I'm still under the impression that like we're in fight mode because I just stiffed new Jack. Like I hit him as hard as I could. Right, so I'm thinking when I get back to the locker room, this dude's gonna want to fight. So when I get back to the curtain, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm like I got my hand in my, in my boot. Like I was I was ready. It's all I'm gonna say. And uh, <laughs> he sees me, and then he gets the biggest smile on his face. And I can't say the explicit uh, racial word, but he's like my, you know what, my and man, just, and just my, man. my man, and gives me the biggest <laughs> hug. And, and I'm just like, I'm shaking. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm like, I have, I, I've had like nightmares about this match. Like, no oh, joke. Like, I was like, oh, you know, like, just, just, you know, I was like, it was like, whoa, you know. And then the next time was like a month later, um, they booked me in a tag match with me and my old partner, Levi Blue. Um, uh, okay. And uh, we worked with him and Malcolm, uh, 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 DBA. And man, that dude was light as a feather that whole match. And uh, after that, it was just like. I guess you proved yourself to him. Yeah, man, it, it, it was unreal. So that, I think that match is out there on the internet somewhere. Um, back then, there wasn't really a lot of good footage coming out of that bar. It's dark and grainy, and I think they had night vision on their VHS or something. <laughs> All right, XJ. So we're getting close to the end. Yeah. I know we've got so we've I know we've got another story, but we'll get to that at another point. So this okay. is what I want to do. This is what I'm surprising you with here. So 
Jack Kelly doesn't even know what's going on. Uh-oh. So what I want to do is, and I'm going to do this with all the boys and girls when they come in, at the end of the podcast, I want you to cut me a promo real quick about yourself, about PPW, on the spot, and so we can get this. I mean, and it might help promote a little bit as people listen, but I want you to cut me the best, best promo you got in you know, whatever time frame you want, if it's 10 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever you got. So, Eric, uh, I, was, I was worried that you were going to ask me to do something hard. Well, let's hear it. Go for it. Let's hear what you got. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and most importantly of all, professional wrestling fans. You're listening to Xavier Justice, the founder, the head coach, the man that started it all. And what I'm asking you to do is to tune in right now to Pure Pro Wrestling's brand new podcast, Figure Four Radio, soon to be available at www.pureprowrestling.net. And folks, if XJ is telling you to tune in, well, then you better tune in. And we'll see you at our next event at ringside. So, XJ, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for taking hey, the time. I know you, you got a lot going on. It was fun sweating it out. I know you got a lot going on for the show, <laughs> yeah. so you can get out of here. Go, uh, Jack and I will uh, end the show here and... Absolutely. We'll get going. So thank you again, man. You I appreciate you coming. Yeah, I'll, in. I'll come back and tell you that Brutus Beefcake story. Absolutely, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> all, all the nudity that's involved. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Well, nudity in radio. <laughs> so, what do you think, Jack? What did you think of our first guest tonight? I thought um, I thought it was a great way. Yeah, I thought it was a great way to um, kick off our show. Um, I think it's great. You hear from the man himself, the guy who got us where we are today. As much as he wants to be humble with what he what he thinks, um, he really has gotten us where we are. Except for Jack Kelly, because you know Jack Kelly gets himself where he's supposed to be. Shameless plug, Jack Kelly. That's Shameless right. Plug. Well, you can hear the passion from Xavier, big time for the business, for his family, and I think that's what draws me to PPW. Mm-hmm. Not only as a fan but somebody who's now sort of helping behind the scenes a little bit. So um, I think it's a great way to start. I think well, his dedication the- to family friendly Absolutely. wrestling, which if you really look um, around pro wrestling, I mean, they have no problems with F bombs showing boobies, whatever. And he has a real, <laughs> well, it's true. It's, it is true. It's true. You're right. It but you know, true. but XJ wants to have a family friendly um Promotion and it's really, really working well. You get a lot of stuff, uh, of course, with the junior grapplers. The juniors are awesome, man. I've I've got to experience that a lot. So, um, yeah, what he's doing, I think the boys and girls have a lot to live up to in the next podcast. Um, I think he set a great example for us, and we're off to the show. Here we Jack, go. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I right, thank you.